Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome to On the Bench. I am Josh Newberg. I have Brendan Sinone and Chris Nee of Knowles 24-7 here with me. The guys just got off the practice field literally moments ago. Uh, they're heading back home in their cars right now, so we figured why not do a podcast. Um, Chris, first to you, uh, how you doing? Back on back out there in this in the heat? You doing okay? It was hot. It was 98 degrees out there. I uh, Actually, we talked to Norvell for about 10 minutes, and then I went to interview Hunter Washington, and the phone overheated. Oh, wow. It was hot out there. Yeah. It's no joke right now. But um, today was the final day of these quasi-two-a-day sessions, the, the, the group A's and the group B's, correct? Yes. And they have tomorrow off, and then they combine when they come back Wednesday. Okay, so do they go to full pads? Because I saw you guys reported that they were just uh, – they put the shoulder pads on, but not full pads, correct? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure if Wednesday or Thursday will be first full pad. Thursday is technically expected to be in Jacksonville, as is Friday. Um, so I don't know how they'll handle the pad situation. Mm-hmm. But we will see pads this week. Okay, I, I got that. I, I was hoping that it wouldn't go a, a full week without pads. But here we are, three practices in. And the message boards are buzzing. Brendan, partially due to you, I, we'll, we'll get to your <laughs> tweet here in a minute, but the QB battle is three days old. And you'd think that these guys had gone through a scrimmage or something yesterday because I don't know why, but there's a lot of uh, J-Trav hive is, is, is popping up. And then you got the McKenzie Milton people that think he's going to be the starter. But right now, uh, the message board is all up in arms over who's going to be the starter. What's the competition been like out, out there? First off, I just passed the Civic Center. Little baby's coming to town. If anyone's interested, what would my rap name be? Little anxiety? Yes. <laughs> a, lot anxiety. A, lot of, a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Big anxiety. <laughs> Big anxiety. Uh, so, so the quarterback situation, it's going to be like Jordan Travis always entered preseason camp with a chance at it right like it was never I think we're all of the belief right now and I still am that McKenzie Milton probably starts game one I think the staff knows that he's a gamer okay so your opinion hasn't changed after three practices in in shorts and helmets shocking I know that someone as uh as meticulous as I am would not change everything I thought after three days no but Jordan Travis is going to play this year like he's going to contribute in some capacity or another uh and I think that's encouraging that he's been been sharp. I think he's still been the most consistent through three days, Josh. But mm-hmm. I also think the offense runs really smoothly at times under McKenzie Milton. Um, yeah, man, it's just all grain of salt kind of stuff. Like it's, it's three practices. Today was the first day with shoulder pads on. Uh, McKenzie Milton threw a bad ball in 11 on 11 early on when they were doing tempo stuff. It yeah. sailed a little bit. He still completed it. Apparently Twitter was mad over that. Um, you always find a way to kind of go viral in FSU Twitter. And today you managed to do so, I guess. Okay, so I don't guess, but they're mad at you because you put up a throw that Mackenzie Milton completed. 
but it did flutter. Uh, it was a bit of a duck, would you say? And uh, the people were on you for for what? For posting a bad play, or, or what'd you do? Yeah, right? I guess so. I guess it's my duty to only post the good plays. And I but I know what it it's like play. in the heat of the moment. Okay, let me just tell people. Like Brendan has a a window where he can do video. So this is probably what happened. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But the it was a deep pass. You're watching it through the lens of your phone. You see. Uh, Kair, or, or what was it? Who, who caught it? Douglas? Ja'Kai Douglas. Douglas catches it. It's kind of a diving catch. You're in the IPF. You can't really see your phone that well, but you know you got to get this tweet up because you got to get another video up so you, you could get all these clips up before your time runs out. <laughs> so you probably just put it up not really thinking much at all about it when you tweeted it. Correct or incorrect? <laughs> That's exactly what happened. The, and then 100%. your phone, all your mentions are on fire, and you're like, let me see what happened here. And then you probably go back, and you're like, oh, yeah. Okay, like 40 minutes saying. after the fact where you can finally take a breath. I'm like, what What happened? Like, Why would I want to hurt McKenzie Milton? I love McKenzie Milton. This is well documented. <laughs> why would I want to do that to him? Um, and then I like the side of, like, FSU fans are getting mad at me. Like, why would you do that to us? Miami fans are uh, – <laughs> Miami fans are then going on to me saying, "I, you know, your boy Kev saying that, that I'm a sunshine pumper, but then on the message board or, or on my Twitter feed, they're all mad at me for being negative. I don't, I can't. Yeah, it's it was too, beautiful. These days are too long. And then after practice today, you guys were able to talk to, were you only talking to one player or multiple players today? Uh, so it worked was because it, it's broken into the two days, Josh, mm -hmm. uh, the, or the two a days. So after the first practice, we get, you know, the guys from the veteran group. So we got four guys from the veteran group, baby and love it. Uh, Stephen Dix Jr. heard Chris hung around for. I didn't realize they were bringing out a fourth player, Andrew Parchment, uh, and one more is escaping me right now, Keyshawn Helton. And then right. after the second practice, the younger ones, we got Marcus Kushney and Hunter Washington. So oh, okay. Total. Well, yep. tell me about Kushney. He's a new arrival, defensive end, important piece to yeah. the 2021 team. I said yesterday's podcast that Kushney's been working with the young guys and He's doing exactly what you want him to do against you know, true freshmen or even walk-ons. You know, is uh, he's looking like an experienced defensive end. He's putting spin moves on him, swim moves. Like he's got an arsenal of pass rush moves that are obviously more advanced than what these younger guys are used to going against. So mm -hmm. uh, he's had a really nice first three days, and and they have him with the younger guys just to kind of get integrated into you know the flow of things and uh, how practices work at FSU. But he comes off as you know he is a really smart. Young man, I was going to say young man, and I guess that he is younger than I am. I could say that now because um, I am old. So, yeah, he, he's very smart, very well-spoken well, well spoken and thoughtful, and, and you can kind of see why he's uh, such a – has such a high academic resume that he brings into Florida State and that he's been around the block a little bit and has done interviews mm -hmm. before. Um, so he's very thoughtful and, and kind of has a good understanding of, you know, uh, his role is open-ended. They're bringing him in to compete and to – to push on that too deep and, and maybe even beyond that to have a chance to kind of really uh, ramp up the pass rush this year. But that he understands it's totally on him. Like there's the potential for playing time, but that's on him to, to earn it, which I thought was a refreshing and, and the right approach you want him to take. So he was, he was a good interview and, and I think fans are going to enjoy like watching the next two years. Okay, good. Uh, Chris, you, you heard from some of the guys, what stood out to you today from interview session? I mainly talked to Stephen Dix, Keyshawn Helton, a little bit of Fabian Lovett and Hunter Washington. Uh, Helton, I thought it was interesting. I asked him if he felt, you know, fully healthy, different than he did this time last year coming off that injury in 2019. He said he, in fact, did. 
Uh, he believes that he's back to 100% at his tip-top shape, best he can be. And he said mentally there's no hurdles he has to jump over anymore with the sense of trusting the lower half of his body as a wide receiver. So that's a good thing. Keyshawn, yeah, we all know he works really hard. He's got that puts the effort in. He's had a good three-day stretch of camp. He's been what you want him to be. I don't think he's their one or two even necessarily at wide receiver, but he's certainly a guy they can rely upon and will help him. Uh, Hunter Washington, young guy, learning the ropes. He, he talked about working against Andrew Parchman on day one. Him and Parchman got a little testy with one another on day one, but yeah. I think that's a credit to the personality Hunter Washington has. He's not a guy that's going to back down to anybody, so I kind of enjoyed that. But Hunter's, you know, humble kid that's learning ropes, getting a feel for it, getting used to the game at this level. Stephen Dix talked a little bit about how you turn your body into looking like the Incredible Hulk. Um, he credited the nutritionists and all that at FSU and the strength and conditioning staff for what they've done with him. You know, very happy about that. He also spoke a lot about having played so much last year and essentially being thrown in the fire, which had its good and its bad from last year, that he's really done a good job of taking the lessons learned from last year. And as a Mike backer, he understands he's sort of the quarterback of the defense. And he's trying to be more vocal and handle that more. There's just a certain level of confidence that comes off with Stephen Dix that far exceeds the fact that he's only really been on campus for a little over a year now. Um, so that's true. Now, Fabian love it. I, that was one of those where you're, you're going from one interview to the other. So you're kind of in that rush. But, uh, you know, his body's in great shape. He's a guy that's put in a lot of work. He clearly is prepared to be one of their primary interior linemen on this team. He's very comfortable with his own voice and speaking up. I think he's very happy that the D-line group's been upgraded in the sense of having a lot of body, a lot of bodies and the ability to basically split reps. You know, I, I was having a conversation with somebody about Cushney out there today. Beautiful thing about him, if he's only, you know, mediocre to decent, is that he still can probably play 100, 150 plus reps. And last year, those two starting ends played so many reps and had no relief. They've got a lot of bodies at those positions this year that should be able to alleviate the pressure on Jermaine Johnson, Keir Thomas, two guys that we expect to be there, one A's at each position. Sounds good. Um, Brendan, do we have anything anything important on the injury front before we get out of here? Seems pretty healthy right now, Josh. Nothing too big from when we spoke yesterday. Uh, I will say that uh, Brian Robinson, wide receiver, has just been unavailable the first couple of days. I don't expect it to be a long-term type of deal. Um, so that's just one little housekeeping note. Kara Thomas, who they're kind of doing a, a workload management deal with him because he's coming off an injury. Uh, Mike Norvell even articulated this today. You know, they, they had him a ton of reps on day one, day two, off day three today, back on again. He was great today. I thought he may have been one of the best defenders uh, of anyone once the pads got on today. Would you agree with that, Chris? Like, I thought he, he – I felt him as much as I felt anyone on the defense today, just their presence emerging over and over again. Yeah, I thought Kira was very good today. I thought Jermaine was very – very good today. I thought, you know, that defensive line group today, because today with the upper shells on, they were able to actually do a little bit more. And there were a lot of one-on-ones and even some two-on-two -two situations between O-line, D-line that they were able to run through that we haven't had the first two days. And well, in the second group, it's not super meaningful because there's not a whole lot of O-linemen to throw at them. So it's kind of a one-sided battle. In that early group, it is pretty good ones versus twos type of stuff. I, I thought it was very valuable. Kier looks like a dude that's going to certainly help him be an excellent edge setter. The other thing is Mike Norvell mentioned this, I believe after day one of practice, that Kier is just a football smart guy. He's a guy that understands what they're trying to apply and do on the field. And he does a very good job of it. And 
something I've liked watching both with the DB group with a lot of old and young and new faces and with the D-line group with the same mix of a lot of young and old and some new faces. There's a lot of assistance being done by everybody. It's very much a group working together. Um, it's not one guy barking at everybody. It's guys getting on the side with each other talking, you know, when they're outside of a rep working with each other. I just, yeah, that's the positive. That's what you want to see as you're trying to get these groups to work. And they're going to use a lot of personnel. This isn't a team where I think the defense is only these 18 to 20 guys that play. I, I expect them to try to go really too deep and beyond that. So it's going to be important for everybody to kind of come along at the same pace. All right. Great stuff, guys. Uh, as always, appreciate your time. Um, before we go, though, we're three day, we're three practices in. Do you guys sense any difference in the energy out there? Is it the same? Is the coach's tone the same? Like what? Is there any differences from this season to last season? Yeah, oh, yeah. Wholeheartedly. Tempo's better. Uh, Norvell gets frustrated at times when it bogs down because of too much explaining stuff of that. So we saw a lot of that yesterday, in my opinion. Uh, in the morning because that group's supposed to be a little further ahead. You know, he, he was like, we don't need dissertations. We need reps was sort of mm -hmm. the feeling he did. Um, but yeah, it's more organized. The flow is better. I think I remarked on yesterday's version of this, that the flow of day one was the best flow of camp I've seen in years. So yeah, it's definitely better. There's clearly an understanding, especially with those guys that have been around now for two years of Mike Norvell and his staff of what is expected and how they're going to go about doing it. But he's still pushing those buttons. He's still, I mean, we saw it immediately with that first group today. I think after a period three or four, he got them all together and basically buckle up and let's go. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we're here, to, we're here to work and we're going to get after it. So that's definitely being done. And, you know, John Papuchas probably won't let me say this, but JP has a voice that you're going to hear everywhere in the IPF when he's yelling. And he does it a good bit. And he's, you know, especially with special teams, because that's his baby. He gets mm -hmm. after it and he's pushing those guys and they want it done. And, it's not time for bullshit and excuses. It's time for work and getting Whoa. better. And it's abundantly clear that they understand they, they basically have 22 practices left over the next, what, 26 days, roughly, mm -hmm. to prepare for Notre Dame. And they understand that the clock is ticking. Right. And uh, they got to get it right. Brendan, any, anything to add to that before we let everybody go? What's Chris doing to this podcast? He dropped an S-bomb just now. He did Hummer in the summer. All right. You got nothing show. else to add. Well... That's it. Um, today's Monday. The team has off on Tuesday for my birthday. We're going to be celebrating, so I hope you guys are too. Thank you for listening to On the Bench. We will be back on Wednesday or Thursday. See ya. Happy birthday. Rise and shine, football fans. This is Susanna Fuller from Morning Footy, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Galazzo Network covering the breadth of the global game. Join me, Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, and guests every morning for the perfect blend of news, analysis, conversation, and exclusive interviews. If you love soccer, then look no further. We've got you covered for Europe's top five leagues, the W Gold Cup, the Champions League knockout stage, 
CONCACAF Nations League, NWSL, MLS, transfer news, and much more. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Subscribe to Morning Footy.